0: Good morning everyone. Welcome to New Life Midtown. I want to invite you guys to stand with us. that's comfortable for you. We are going to enter His gates for Thanksgiving. We're going to enter His courts with praise this morning. We lift up some songs from our hearts Him with our voices. Let's we'll sing together.
1: it's good news. You're not bringing stuff to me or Pastor Jade or anyone else in this space. You're bringing your stuff, whatever it is, your praise, your hurt, your pain, your lack into the presence of the living God, the one who overcame sin and death, not just to save you from hell, but to bring you into his family, to give you his life. Friends, hear the gospel this morning, that God loved the world so much. He sent his son, Jesus, to live a perfect life, to reveal to us the heart of the Father, the character of God, and to do what we can never do for ourselves, to restore the state of humanity. God is a good God, amen, and it is our privilege to praise him. This morning, we're going to read a few verses from Psalm One eleven. the words will be up on the screen. I invite you to read these prayerfully along with the congregation. Let's read together. Great are the works of the Lord, for they are pondered by all who delight in them. Glorious and majestic are his deeds, and his righteousness endures forever. He has caused his wonders to be remembered. The Lord is gracious and compassionate. He provided redemption for his people, and he ordained his covenant forever. Holy and awesome is his name. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Let's worship. bless you and I want to bless you with my whole life. We bless you, Lord, in every scene So be a prayer. Let it be true. Every chance I get, I bless your name. Every chance I get, I bless your name. For some of you, these words will be a little more familiar.
2: Come on, give him praise. Come on, bless the Lord. Bless the Lord in this place. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. God, you're worthy of all the praise and the honor. You're worthy, oh God. You're worthy, oh Father. Hallelujah. I just sense in this place that there's somebody that has been going through a season in their life and God is saying, make the exchange this morning. Make the exchange. Don't leave out of this place the same. When the squeeze is on, you know, when you squeeze an orange, what comes out of it? Everybody say orange juice, right? No, it's whatever inside of it that comes out. Whatever's in there that comes out. And the enemy has been putting the squeeze on some of some of us. But I want to be that person that when God when the enemy put the squeeze on me what will come out of me is I will bless the Lord at all times. When the enemy put the squeeze on me, what would come out of me is faith-filled words, words with excitement, words with hope, words with blessing the Lord at all times, and his praise shall continually be in my mouth. When you put the squeeze on me, what's going to come out of me is the anointing of God. What's going to come out of me is faith-filled words. What's going to come out of me is a blessing. Hallelujah. You 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 can come in one way, but you can choose to bless the Lord. Amen. Come on, give God a praise in this place. Hallelujah. Make the exchange this morning. If you're in despair, make the exchange for his hope. Make the exchange for his excitement this morning. God is saying, cast all your cares upon me because he can handle it. Cast your cares upon the Lord because he can handle it. Don't leave out of this place with that care on you. Make the exchange. Amen. Father, I just pray over your people right now. I pray in the name of Jesus, God, that that exchange will be made. God, you died on that old rugged cross for our sins. You died on that cross, God, for our sickness, Father. God, we thank you, the Lord, that the exchange is being made today, Father. That when it comes for Father, we can say, "I will bless the Lord at all times, and His praise shall continually be in my mouth." I know that the Lord is for me, and who, if the Lord be for me, who or what can be against me? God, I'm walking into believing that knowing and knowing. That you are for me, Father God. I thank you, the Lord, that the great exchange is made this morning, Father. That we will believe, rely in, and Lord God, lean upon you like never before. God, we just give your name glory, we give you honor, and we give you praise in Jesus' name. Somebody say, Amen. Hallelujah. Come on, one more time. Give God a shout of praise in this place. Hallelujah. I'm in a place that people know how to shout unto the Lord with the voice of victory. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. God is good. I got to train you again. Hallelujah. God is good. And all the time, God is good. I'm here this morning to encourage us in our giving, but I just felt like whoever has the squeeze on them, God is making an exchange this morning. He's a God of now. He's a God of today. not yes- He's a God of yesterday, but he's a God of today. He's the God that walks in the middle of our troubles. Amen. We know him as the Alpha and the Omega, but he's also the God in the middle. Hallelujah. My encouragement for you this morning is make the exchange. If there's something lacking in your life, make the exchange this morning. As a sign of victory, we make the exchange. If his finances make the exchange of giving, even if it costs us a sacrifice, God is able to do exceedingly, abundantly above all that you may ask or think according to the power that works on the inside of us. Amen. And that's the power of the Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. He's in this place this morning. Don't leave out of here without getting that experience and tapping in and getting in on what God is doing. He's doing something this morning. Will you believe it? All I want to know is will you trust him? Will you lean upon him? Will you cast your cares upon him? I'm here to encourage you this morning. God will do it. I dare you trust him. I dare you believe him this morning. I can tell you stories upon stories on how he delivered me. How he made me free. Hallelujah. So my encouragement this morning for you is just to give. Amen. Partner with me as we pray. Our prayer of faith this morning. Father, you are the abundant giver of all good things. Train us to delight in holy dependence. Lead us to honor you with all of our resources. Free us from the deceitfulness of greed and earthly riches. Teach us to give generously with open hands and joy-filled hearts that we might receive abundantly And flourish for the sake of others and your purposes in the earth. Amen, amen. There are four ways that we give in this house. And like I always say, you can't go to McDonald's and pay Burger King. Amen. Give in this house. Amen. Amen. Because we're getting fed here. Amen. The word of God. If you'll pull your children in close, we're going to just pray over them. And the way that we do it in this house is we pray the Lord's prayer. Amen. Our Father. Who art in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our sins as we forgive those who have sinned against us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For yours is the kingdom. And the power and the glory forever, amen, amen, children, you are released, go and learn of the Lord, hallelujah, for all of our first time guests this morning, we welcome you in this place, amen, we pray that you will come in one way and leave out another way, excited, built up, amen, we're gonna take a few minutes just to fellowship one with another, and like I always say, meet somebody that you don't know, it could be a lifetime relationship, amen,
3: Hey Midtown, sorry you caught me in the middle of work, but you must be wondering, like, Lauren, is there anything that I can get involved with this week? And conveniently, I'm wearing a mic, so I can tell you. This week, table groups are still open, so we have a few groups that are not quite full yet. If you missed your chance last week, have no fear. You can still sign up today, head out to the lobby, there's a map that shows you all of the groups. And the people at the Welcome Center can let you know which groups are full and which groups are not. So jump on that. And lastly, tonight, ladies of the house, we have a night of worship and encouragement and prayer together here at Midtown. So we hope to see you there. I'm so glad you came by my office. And you know, if you want to know anything else about what's going on, you can always either go to the Welcome Center and ask them or just jump on the website, midtown.newletchurch.org. I'll see you guys later.
4: Good morning, church. It's good to see you in the house of the Lord today. Man, the house is full. Let's go. We're going to have to open up that overflow up there before long. That's amazing. Turn to your neighbor and say, I'm glad you're here today. If you don't have a neighbor, find a neighbor, make a neighbor. It's so good to see you guys today. Uh, The Kindred Gathering is happening tonight, even though my wife is not feeling 100%. She's a little under the weather, so please be praying for Pastor Christine. Uh, we're going to see if we can get her there tonight. Most likely she won't be, but ladies, just take it and run with it. All right, just dive in, worship the Lord, pray for one another. It's going to be an amazing night of encounter for all the women in the house. And do I have any youth with us today that were a part of GC Ignite this weekend? Man, I I picked my kids up from Ponderosa Ranch last night, and those guys were just bump, just buzzing, buzzing. Buzzing with the activity of the Lord. So I just want to say a a, a heartfelt thank you, Pastor Christian and Ellie, and all of those that served at GC Ignite. And there were several. So if you were a volunteer in any capacity, can you just stand up or raise your hand really high? Come on, man, give it up for these people. I told the kids that I got a really special place in my heart for youth because Christy and I were youth pastors for ten years before the Lord pulled us up and had us step into the lead role and you know once a youth pastor always a youth pastor you can't get a you can't get a youth pastor out of a man or a woman when they've served in that capacity for that long and I really told them I said I felt like I preached better to youth anyway, so like i I don't really, I'm not really myself with the adults, I'm really myself with the kids. So y'all who are in the house that are younger, y'all just going to have to pull it out of me, right Adam? I made a, I made a friend on Friday night, it was amazing, I had an, had an incredible time. Well if you guys are here for the very first time, I want to welcome you, my name is Jay Duncan. My wife and I have been here in this exact same church now for 19 years, going on 20 in August. And we love this city, and we love this people, and we love this house. And friends, I just, I keep having this sense that God is doing something really special. And I keep trying to find a better word for it, and I keep trying to fill in the blanks of what special exactly is, and I can't yet. But all I'm going to say is, like, keep digging in and leaning in and showing up and giving and I promise you, man, the Lord, the Lord has something, I think, of really epic proportions for this people, for this house. I believe it. I believe it in my bones. I've been praying for it. We are crying out for a move of God that extends beyond just our services at 9 and 11, that sweeps over and touches everybody that we're connected with, that touches our neighbors and our friends and our families, that, that miraculous things are going to happen in our midst, I'm believing it. I'm believing for greater things in 2024, and I'm asking you guys to join your faith, not just with me, but in the Lord, that you would join your faith in the Lord. All of those things that Sodron exhorted us in, I say a hearty and a heartfelt yes and amen to every single one of those things, because God is going to do greater things for us in 2024. I believe it. All right, beloved, if you have your Bibles, turn with me, if you would, to the book of John. We're going to continue our installment in this series on the book of John, and we're going to be looking at John chapter 3 today, and I'm a little bit intimidated. I'm going to be honest with you. I'm a little bit intimidated because I'm preaching out of John chapter 3, and for those of you who've been saved more than a month, you know that John chapter 3 has the most famous, epic, global, universal verse of scripture known to man. John chapter 3, verse like if you can't preach John 3, 16, I need to just fold it up and go sell ice cream, right? So I feel a little intimidated. Lord, help me today. Help your servant. Amen. All right, let's pray, and then we're going to jump into the word together. It's going to be a really good time. Holy Spirit of the living God, we love you. Jesus, we love you. Father in heaven, we love you. And we are so humbled and we are so grateful and we are so honored to be here in the house of the Lord with the people of God today on this day, on this day. Lord, of all the places that we could be, Lord, we could be traveling or we could be sick at home or we could be uh, out of commission. And yet here we are today in the presence of the living God, worshiping God with the people of God and standing under the word of the Lord. So I ask, Holy Spirit, that you would speak through this vessel. I ask that you would illuminate the scriptures today, cause them to come alive. Lord, I pray that for those of us who have been walking with you for years, God, that today would be fresh and new. And Lord, for those of us who have never said yes to you, Lord, I pray for faith to enter into our spirits and that you would awaken us unto a revelation of salvation. And I pray it today in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 John chapter 3, beginning in verse 1. Now there was a Pharisee. A man named Nicodemus, who was a member of the Jewish ruling council, he came to Jesus at night and he said, Rabbi, we know that you are a teacher who has come from God. For no one could perform the signs that you are doing if God were not with him. I'm going to just take these verses and go slowly through them, quickly and slowly. And I'm just going to get through as many verses as I possibly can. And what I don't get to, I'll pick up in the second service. But let's just stop here and take a look at who is approaching Jesus. A man by the name of Nicodemus, who is a Pharisee. A Pharisee is a sect of believers who were some of the most stringent followers of the law of Judaism. Essentially, what was happening in the 400 years prior to this time in history is that the people of Israel were in this space of time where the voice of the Lord was absent. And they were not feeling and experiencing the blessing and the favor of God on their lives. And so they began to deduce some things, which in and of itself is not necessarily wrong, but they began to deduce that if we do not follow the law, then the blessing of God is not on us. So as they looked around and said, we're not experiencing or seeing the blessing of God on us as a people, then we must follow the law more strictly and more stringently. And so the Pharisees began to go back over the Old Testament law, and they began to create a lot of Very, very stringent approaches to following Jewish law. Some translations call this following after the traditions of men. Now listen, following the law in and of itself is not a wrong or a bad thing. But it is about understanding the spirit of the law that God was communicating, which is revealing his heart and revealing his ways to his people. This is one of the primary reasons why Jesus comes, is to reveal the heart and the nature of God that is hidden within the law. And so this man, Nicodemus, comes to Jesus, and he has enough discernment, he has enough sage wisdom about him, he has enough awareness to know this guy's different, there's something about him. And he says to Jesus, we realize that that you have to, Be from heaven to some degree because nobody could be doing the things that you're doing if the endorsement and the approval of heaven were not on his life, right? So Nicodemus is a Pharisee. He is a Jewish religious leader. And if you know anything throughout the four gospels, and particularly in the book of John, what is very peculiar here is that not all of the Jewish leaders are a fan of Jesus, Right that's saying it kindly right In fact most of the Jewish leaders most of the other Pharisees Nicodemus's contemporaries people that he's sitting in council with these guys are not fans of Jesus they are enemies of Jesus And repeatedly what we find is that the Pharisees are looking for ways to accuse him trap him and ultimately to kill him So Nicodemus stands out as an anomaly amongst his contemporaries he's different Nicodemus is searching for something in his spirit. He's searching for something in his heart. There's a spiritual hunger inside of him. And Jesus picks up on this and he cues in on the fact. In fact, at the end of John chapter 2, there's this brilliant verse. I didn't put it in my notes on the screen, but I'm going to read it for you. John chapter 2 verse 24 says that Jesus would not entrust himself to them for he knew all people. And he did not need any testimony about mankind, for he knew what was in each person. Do you ever find it interesting that Nicodemus comes to Jesus at night because he doesn't want to be seen in the day with Jesus? He comes to Jesus at night because there's a measure of secrecy here. He's got to work some things out that he is hungering and thirsting to discover. And he has to come to Jesus at night because if his other contemporaries see him associated with Jesus, he could potentially be kicked off of the Jewish ruling council. And what I love about this story is that Jesus has no problem with this. Jesus has no problem with this. And what do we discover and what do we learn about the character and the nature of Jesus here? What we discover is that Jesus will always be available to the heart that truly desires to know who He is. He will meet with any person. It doesn't matter how checkered the background, it doesn't matter how elite. In the society they find themselves, it doesn't matter if they find themselves on the opposite side ideologically or politically from Jesus. If the heart is hungering to know who Jesus is, he will go out of his way to meet with you. He will go out of his way any time of the day, any time of the morning, any time of the night. You want to meet in broad daylight at a well, he'll meet you there. We find that in John chapter 4. You want to meet in the middle of the night because you're afraid of what other people will say? He'll meet you there because Jesus will meet the hungering heart at the place of your desire for encounter with him. It's beautiful. It's one of the things I I love about him so much. Listen to what Jesus says in response to Nicodemus' statement. Nicodemus says, Teacher, we know that you have to be from God, that you have to be a teacher from God. And immediately Jesus launches in to these like spiritual sayings. This is what Jesus says, verse three. He says, very truly, I tell you, no one can see the kingdom of God unless they are born again. Like this is the ultimate Yoda moment and <laughs> all of the scriptures. Like, bro, what are you doing here? Well, remember, John chapter 2 ends with the verse that says that Jesus knows what is in the heart of man. Jesus is not wasting any time. And Jesus knows that what Nicodemus is really trying to say here, what Nicodemus is really scratching on is, Jesus, I need to know whether or not you really are the one that we've been waiting for. Jesus, I need to know. You've been talking and preaching about the kingdom. I need to know what this is. I need to know what this is about. And this is why Jesus immediately goes to the heart of the matter. No one can see the kingdom of God. Nicodemus isn't even asking about the kingdom of God. Jesus knows that at the core of Nicodemus's heart, he's hungering to understand what the nature of the kingdom of God is. And so this this is what he says. No one can see the kingdom of God. Unless they are born again. No one can see the kingdom of God. No one can see, can see, can see. No one can perceive the fact that the kingdom of God exists unless they are born again. No one can understand the nature of the kingdom of God unless they are born again. No one can discern what God is truly up to in the earth throughout history in our lives unless they are, say it with me, born again. What we have to understand here is that there is what I'm going to call the gospel of the kingdom and there is the gospel of salvation. The majority of good evangelicals who have read over this passage for the past thousands of years when we read this, going way into John three sixteen, what we hear is we hear the gospel of salvation. But notice that Jesus is immediately talking not just about salvation. Jesus is talking about the kingdom. Let's keep going here. Let's look at verse 4. He, he leans into this. He's using this metaphor, and Nicodemus says, well, how can someone be born when they're old? Surely they cannot enter a second time and enter their mother's womb to be born. Verse 5, Jesus responds again with a Yoda statement. Very truly, I tell you, no one can enter the kingdom of God unless they're born of water and the Spirit. Okay, we got to break this down. Verse 3, Jesus says no one can see, understand, perceive, discern the kingdom of God unless they're born again. Verse 5, Jesus says now, he says, you can't even enter in to the kingdom of God. Beloved, salvation is a door. Salvation is the starting point. Salvation is square one. Salvation is when you start off and you put all the little tokens on Monopoly at that little go. That's salvation. We're just getting started. We haven't even started playing the game yet. Salvation gives us the ability to see a whole new world, as my brother Aladdin said to my sister Jasmine flying on a magic carpet ride. The problem with the gospel of salvation, and I love the gospel of salvation because everything that I have in God begins with the gospel of salvation. But the inherent problem with the gospel of salvation is when we look at the gospel of salvation as if that is the end, not the beginning. It's when we look at the gospel of salvation as if this is the completion or the fulfillment, not the beginning. That would be like you coming over to my house and standing on my doorstep, knocking on my door, and I open up the door, and I say, let your cell phone in, and you're standing there at the patio. And I've got a meal for you, and I've got records that I've already laid out because we're going to listen to some good music. And I've got things that I've prepared for you. I've got a, I've got a seat at a table for you, and we got games that we're going to play, and we got stories we're going to share, and I'm going on because I'm, I'm getting things ready, and you're standing there at the door, and you sit there for two hours. Meanwhile, a party's going on inside. After two hours, you go home, never realizing that you stayed there at square one the entire time and you never, watch me now, stepped into the kingdom. Jesus came not just to save your sins, Jesus came not just to give you a ticket to heaven. Jesus came not just to make you a more moral person. Jesus came not just so you could follow more rules and more laws. Jesus came not just so that you would have something different to do on a Sunday morning. Jesus came to call you out of the doorway into the kingdom of God. There is an entirely new world It's called the kingdom. It's a new way of relating. It's a new way of seeing. It's a new way of understanding how to live life. It's a new way of how to deal with our money. It's a new way of how to deal with people. In the kingdom of God, the way we operate is by mutuality. In the kingdom of the world, the way we operate is by hierarchy and power. In the kingdom of God, the way we deal with money is with stewardship and generosity right? The money works differently in the kingdom of God, that you actually find yourself more blessed and more fulfilled and more fruitful, not when you hold on to money, but when you give money away. But in the kingdom of the world, the only way for you to get ahead is if you clench your fists around what you have. In the kingdom of God, the way that you advance is by going low, In the kingdom of the world, the way that you advance, or it's seemingly advanced, is by pushing everybody else down so that you can go high. Everything in the kingdom of God is upside down for the person who cannot see the kingdom. And you cannot see the kingdom unless you are born again. The kingdom of God makes no sense to the person who has not been born again. This is Jesus' entire point. In these little pithy statements, Jesus is saying to Nicodemus, there is a whole new world here, Nicodemus, for you to discover. There is a whole new reality that exists. It's like Narnia. He's like, you got to go through that closet, brother. That's right. And once you go through that closet door, once you step into that wardrobe and you realize, oh, my God, there's fawns here. And <laughs> people are like, what is he talking about? There's an entire series of books that you've been missing out on. It's a whole new world. (laughs) The kingdom of God is a whole new world. And what we have to be about is we have to be about understanding that kingdom, learning that kingdom, and living in that kingdom. As a reference point, and maybe you're able to go with me to Matthew. Maybe you're able to go with me to Matthew chapter 5. I just want to remind you about some of the pillars of the culture of this kingdom very, very quickly. Matthew chapter 5, verse 3. Because this is what our kingdom looks like. This is the kingdom that Nicodemus wasn't quite understanding. Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. In other words, the kingdom of heaven operates out of neediness, not out of self sufficiency. The kingdom of God operates out of those who recognize and realize, God, I need you. I need you. I need your help. I need your salvation. I need to make the great exchange. The kingdom of God operates out of people who have the spiritual awareness to to say, God, you have something that I don't have, and and I'm asking you to give it to me with open hands. The kingdom of God belongs to those who mourn, who don't just pretend that Difficult things are not happening in the world, but they, they bring their pain to God to receive a kind of comfort that only God can give. This is the kingdom of God. Blessed are those who are meek, for they will inherit the earth. That is completely counterintuitive to the way that we understand inheriting the earth. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness. This is how the kingdom operates. The kingdom operates off of hunger. Do you realize that in your Christian life, that you are only stalemated and stalled to the degree of your hunger? Hunger and faith are the economy of the kingdom. You are as far in God as you want to be. It's no one's fault. Especially now, Spotify and YouTube have given us access to the greatest worship and the greatest preachers on the planet. And if you're hungry, I'm telling you, there is no end to where you can go in God because hunger is the economy of the kingdom, beloved. Amen? Amen? Blessed are the merciful, for they will be shown mercy. This is the kingdom that God has sent Jesus to announce. Now, let's remember John 3.3. 3. You cannot even see this. You cannot even see that there would be value in this. Like if we're really honest and we sat down and I, and I was talking with someone who was not a believer and I said, well, listen, the way you should run your business is run your business through mercy. The way that you should run your military group is run it through mercy. They would look at me like they would just, they would scratch their head and they would, they would say, you're out of your mind. And then you know what they would say? They would say, you're weak. Right? Right, because the language of the culture of the kingdom does not make sense to those who are not in the kingdom. If someone offends you when you're not in the kingdom, how do you respond? How do you respond? Right, you're not nice, and you cut them off, and you have vengeance, and you fill your heart with the, with, with the poison of bitterness, and you try to get back at them, and you try to edge them out. That's the way of this world. And Jesus is saying, I've come to show you that there's an entirely different kind of world that exists. It's called the kingdom of God. And in the kingdom of God, when someone wounds you and when someone betrays you and when someone persecutes you and when someone does you wrong and when someone unjustly and unfairly accuses you, in this kingdom, when you step through the door of salvation, what you will find is that there is the ability for you to release them and you will walk in more freedom. And we just don't understand that unless we move deeper and deeper and deeper into the kingdom of God. Remember in John chapter 14, when Jesus is telling his disciples that he's going away to prepare a place for them. Remember that? And then Jesus says, in my father's house, there are many rooms. Now, just think about this. Think about going into a house, a magnificent, beautiful, wealthy, well, ornate, masterfully decorated. Imagine Chip and JoJo. Built a house or renovated a 50,000 square foot mansion. You'd be like, that's a lot, that's right. Yeah, exactly. You would wanna go in, I'm, I'm talking to all the ladies right now. You would wanna go in and be like, ooh, what did she do with that room? <laughs> oh, that's amazing. You'd step into that room and you look at everything, you go, I wonder what she did in the master bedroom. And you step into the master like, oh my God, look at that master bedroom. That closet's bigger than my entire house, <laughs> right? And then you're you're just going from place to place. This is life in the kingdom. This is life in the kingdom. Remember, beloved, some of us are still sitting on the porch. Maybe some of you, listen, and length in God does not determine entrance into the kingdom. You could be living in God for the past 20, 30, 40 years and still be sitting on the porch of salvation. When there, there are rooms in God to discover. Like, okay, look at this. Somebody, i, I got to convince you. Let, let me just fast forward over here. We might jump all around this place. Look right here at verse 9. Look at, look at verse 9. John chapter 3, verse 9. So, Jesus goes on and he starts explaining more about the kingdom and more about being born again. And he's using these metaphors and he says to Nicodemus, he goes that those that are born of the flesh will produce the things of the flesh and those born of the spirit will produce the things of the spirit. There is so much more there. So in verse nine, Nicodemus, and I love I the curiosity. Friends, never lose your curiosity in God. Right? The key to growing in wisdom is staying curious. And the key to staying curious is staying humble. The moment you start cultivating a posture that says, oh, I know that. Oh, yeah, I know. Yeah, I know. Yeah, I know. Oh, yeah, I know. Right? The moment I said John chapter three, most of you are like, oh, I know what he's going to talk about. Right? And the moment that that right there is a religious spirit, the religious spirit says, I know. The Pharisees couldn't hear what Jesus said, because they're like, what do you have to teach us? We already know this. We already know. We've memorized the entire Torah. You're younger than us. What do you have to teach us? And they missed the kingdom of God because they were blinded by their own satisfaction. They were blinded by their own assumption that they had discovered all the rooms in the house. Friends, I've been living after God for 30 years, and I think I've discovered two rooms. Right? There's more. There's more. There's more. So look at what, look at how can this be? Nicodemus asks. Listen to that curiosity. I love it. Come on. Keep it up, Nikki. Verse 10. You are Israel's teachers, said Jesus, and do you not understand these things? Look at verse 11. He says this, "Very truly I tell you, we speak." Who's we? Who's we? Father, Son and Holy Spirit. We speak of what we know and we testify to what we have seen. But still, you people do not accept our testimony. All throughout John, you're going to see this. All throughout John, we saw it in John chapter 1. You're going to see people who receive and believe and people who reject. Verse 12. I have spoken to you, Nikki, of earthly things, and you do not believe. How then will you believe if I speak of heavenly things? All right, here's what you got to hear in this. There's more. Like, when I hear Jesus say that, what I hear Jesus saying is, man, I'm just, I'm just getting started, Nikki. I hear Jesus saying, like, we're, we're starting on base level. I'm just telling you about earthly things. I'm starting with, with using metaphors about birth, but I've not even begun to talk with you about heavenly things yet. I've not even begun to talk with you about heavenly vision and heavenly revelation and heavenly ways of operating. I've not even gotten into how the mind of God operates. I've not even gotten into why God did the things that he did when he did them in the stories that you memorize, Nick. And what I hear there is I don't hear condemnation. I hear Jesus inviting Nicodemus into the kingdom of God. Come on, Nicodemus, you're so close. Come into the kingdom of God. Here's here's something really interesting. In the first, what is this? Five to six verses, the word born again is used seven times. Seven times in the first eight verses. Here, I'll, I'll I'll just blitz you with them really quickly, right? Verse three, very truly I tell you, no one can see the kingdom unless they are born again. Verse four, surely they cannot enter a second time into their mother's womb to be born. How can someone be born when they are old? Verse five, Jesus answered, very truly I tell you, no one can enter the kingdom of God unless they are born of water and the Spirit. Verse six, flesh gives birth to flesh, the Spirit gives birth to Spirit. Verse seven, you should not be surprised at my saying you must be born again. Verse eight, so it is with everyone born of the Spirit. So, if we were to break down John chapter 3, it's going to go verses 1 through 8. You're going to see the theme of Jesus' message. You've got to be born again. Born again is square one to understanding everything that God has in the kingdom life and the kingdom reality for you. And then he shifts gears here. And then in the next 11 verses, Jesus' focus is on this word Believe. Looking at verse 12, I have spoken to you of earthly things and you do not believe. How then will you believe if I speak of earthly things? Look at verse 15, that everyone who believes may have eternal life in him. Verse 16, for God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whosoever believes in him may have eternal life. Verse 17, for God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world through him and whoever Believes is not condemned, but whoever does not believe stands condemned already because they have not believed. So here's this kind of two-part sermon that Jesus is sharing with Nicodemus. Here it is very, very simply. Nicodemus, there is a kingdom that will rock your world, brother. A new dimension, a new reality, a new world, a new way of living, a new way of understanding that heaven can come to earth. And this has been the heart of God from the beginning. From the beginning of creation, God creates man and he creates woman made in his image so that man and woman, that's us, humanity, can make this earth look like heaven, the kingdom of God. In every, listen, in every sphere there is a way in which God does education. There is a way in which God does creation care. There is a way in which God does civil government. There is a way in which God brings discipline and order to society. It's called the kingdom of God. Right? And one of the reasons, or one of the, I'll just say it like this one of the reasons why the Christian voice is so muted and so discounted in society is because of one of two things. Either A, we do not understand the kingdom of God, or B, we are misrepresenting the kingdom of God to the world around us. And we are doing things, and we are operating in ways, and we are operating in attitudes, and we are operating positionally against the people of the world, and we're blaming it on the kingdom of God. The kingdom of God is not a kingdom of hierarchy and power. And so whenever we put our hope and our trust and our resources and our emotions and our faith in systems and structures of hierarchy and power, and we call that the kingdom of God, we are misrepresenting the kingdom of God. It does not mean, man, I just found my little soapbox. I just jumped on my little soapbox. Listen, it does not mean that we are not to be engaged. It does not mean, but the way that we are engaged and the belief systems that we are engaged with and the faith that we exercise in the way that we engage, all of that is misconstrued if we are calling systems of the world the kingdom of God. It's not the kingdom of God. And you can function as a leader in any realm of this society, but to belong to the kingdom of God means the way that you function in all of those systems looks radically and drastically different than the spirit and the age and the attitude of the world around you. No one can see the kingdom of God unless they're born again. Salvation is not synonymous with the kingdom of God it's just the starting point it's just the beginning it's just the doorway where did that come from that just came from nowhere okay Jonathan come on and help me out we're going to end with this verse right here John chapter 20 verse 31 John chapter 20 verse 31 This verse is the cornerstone verse for the entire book of John. These things are written that you may believe that Jesus is the Messiah, that Jesus is the Son of God, and that by believing, you may have life in his name. So I read over these 21 verses in John chapter 3. And I was asking myself, because Jesus uses this word, believe, 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 believe. And out of these verses alone, I asked myself, what is it that you're inviting us to believe in? And listen, this is what I came up with just out of the first 19 verses of John chapter three. Believe in what Jesus says. Believe in what Jesus says. What part of what he says, Pastor Jade? All of it. Believe in what he says about himself, believe in what he says about the father, believe in what he says about spiritual principles and spiritual realities. Believe in it. Believe in it. Today, like I've had one kind of singular mission, to convince you that there is a kingdom that exists beyond the world that you're living in, and that salvation is the doorway into that kingdom, and that belief is the doorway into salvation. Right? What do I do with this? How do I respond? Believe that. Believe that. Believe it. Number two, believe in Jesus' earthly explanations. Like Jesus is talking with Nicodemus. He's using earthly metaphors. He's talking about wind. And he's talking about physical birth. And he is saying that you can't enter into the kingdom of God unless you're born again. He's using earthly examples to help us understand spiritual realities. What do I do with that? Believe it. Jesus, I believe that I can't enter the kingdom of God unless I'm born again. Jesus, I believe that I can't see. Jesus, I believe my my spiritual sight is tainted and darkened. Believe it, because Jesus said it. Number three, believe in heavenly realities. Believe that there is a heavenly realm, that there is a heavenly reality, that there is a heavenly new creation that is calling to you that is so much greater and more beautiful and more magnificent and more mysterious and more powerful than anything that you could ever hope to to believe for in this world. Guys, this world is not it. And no matter how high you climb on any ladder out there, the ladder of beauty or the ladder of power or the ladder of wealth, the ladder of I can do whatever I want with my schedule and my time, that's not it. There is a world that is greater than anything that this world has to offer. What do you do with that? Believe it. Believe it. Believe in the saving power that is available when Jesus is lifted up. Believe it. Believe that Jesus is God's one and only son sent into the world to save you. To pull you out of your condemnation. To pull you out of your eternal fate and destiny. Believe that God actually does love the world. John 3.16. Believe it. Believe it. He loves the world, which includes you. Believe in the name of Jesus, beloved. Believe that you can be saved from condemnation by believing in his name. Will you just stand, just stand with me here for a moment as we respond to this word? I've got two groups of people that I have in mind right now. Number one, first and foremost, is those of you that are in the room And you're hearing something that's calling to you. You are hearing a message of the kingdom of God that is awakening something inside of you. Friends, I want you to just respond to that. And here's a very simple way to respond. Lord, teach me more about your kingdom. So however you choose to respond to the message of the invitation of the kingdom of God, I want to give you an opportunity to respond to that. Jesus, teach me more about your kingdom. Help me understand the nature of your kingdom, the life that is in your kingdom, the way your kingdom operates. Help me to be a kingdom woman and a kingdom man in the spaces that you've called me to inhabit, spaces of technology, spaces of engineering, spaces of literature, journalism, art, sciences, military, Spaces of education in the classroom, school administration, spaces of teaching my children. Lord, teach me what the kingdom of God looks like in these spaces you've called me to. Lord, we say yes to the kingdom of God. Let your kingdom come. Oh God, let your kingdom come. Let the way that life operates within the culture of your kingdom. Let that be our reality, I pray. Now, I'm I'm talking to another group right now, and I'm talking to a group of people who you cannot see the kingdom. None of this makes sense to you because you've never been born again. Maybe you've never believed in who Jesus is. Maybe you've never believed in the words of Jesus. Maybe you've never believed in the truth of Jesus. Friends, I believe today that there is there is a moment in history, there is a moment in time right now without any coercion. Friends, listen, without any coercion. But I believe that there is a moment where God is giving you an opportunity to respond to the invitation to believe. To believe that God loves you. To believe that he sent his one and only son to bear the punishment of your sin and my sin by laying his life down of his own volition to be crucified and murdered on a cross so as to take your sin and my sin upon himself and to destroy the power of sin off of your life and to be raised again from the dead by the power of the Holy Spirit in order to give you new life and to bring you into the kingdom of God. Now with every head bowed and every eye closed in this room right now, every head bowed, every eye closed. This is a moment between you and God. And if you're in this room right now and you would say, I want to be saved. I don't want to live in and under condemnation anymore. I believe in these words. I believe in this gospel. Friend, will you just slip up your hand? Just slip it up really high. If you would say, I want to believe in the son of God. I want to believe that I can be saved all across this room. Beloved, I see your hands and the Lord sees your hands today. Now, here's how I wanna lead this moment. I want you just, everybody in the room, open up your hands really wide like this and hold them out wide open because we're gonna receive salvation afresh and anew. We're gonna pray this together. All across this room, would you pray, pray with me? Dear Jesus, I believe that you are the son of God. I believe that God sent you from heaven. I believe you lived a sinless life. I believe you died a sinless death. I believe you paid for my sins. You rose again from the dead and you give me new life. And I receive your new life in Jesus' name. Amen. Clap your hands to the Lord today in faith and victory, guys. I am convinced that when we came into this room today, that there were some people that were living under the condemnation of the dominion of the devil and darkness, and that there are people that are in that are populated like heaven was populated today. Salvation does not begin when you die. The kingdom of God does not begin like in the afterlife, it begins now. For he came to give abundance of life and it begins when salvation occurs. Now you can go buck wild exploring the kingdom and all those rooms that are in the kingdom for you. Growing God, growing community. Learn the scriptures. Trust in the Holy Spirit. Get filled with the Holy Spirit. Get baptized into the church. Learn a different way of living the kingdom of God every single day. Amen? All right. I need uh, some ministers at the table to come on forward this morning. We're going to celebrate the kingdom of God with a kingdom meal. I'm so happy right now. I'm so excited. Death to life, death to life, y'all. Death to life. Stretching out your hands to these elements, Lord, we believe that you are at work and that this little piece of bread is a picture of the very body of Jesus broken for our wholeness, and that this cup is a picture. There is a spiritual reality being set loose in our life of the blood of Jesus shed on our behalf to cleanse us and to heal us. And so, Lord, today as we come and we eat of the body and drink of the blood, I pray for a power encounter with the living God for every single one of us. Beloved, you can exit out on the left of your row, come forward and receive, and we'll all celebrate and take this meal together. Pleasure of heaven is on you, friends. The Lord takes great delight in you. His favor is on you. He loves you, and He is at work in your life. Be encouraged. On the night when Jesus was betrayed, He had a meal. It was a prophetic meal. It was a traditional meal. It was a meal that he had many times before, but in that very night, that meal was transformed into a a moment that had spiritual meaning and significance that had not existed prior. Jesus was announcing his crucifixion and resurrection by associating his very self as the Lamb of God that takes away the sin of the world. And so he took bread and he broke that bread. If you'll just break that in your hand. Friends, that is the body of Christ that was broken, that was eviscerated, that was lacerated, that was brutally handled so that you could experience new life. So in the name of Jesus, beloved, take and eat of the body of Christ and receive wholeness today. And then if you'll take that cup, This cup is the cup of the blood of God. God who became a man so that he would have the legal right to save you with human blood. God's blood, which became human blood, sinless, perfect blood, innocent blood shed so that every violation against God that you have ever made or will make will be completely removed. It's already been paid for. Friend, the consequence for your sin no longer rests on your shoulders because God took care of it with his son. In the name of Jesus, your sins are forgiven. Let us receive the cup of the Lord. If that ain't good news, I don't know what is. Thank you, Lord. All right, a song of thanksgiving and a prayer of blessing. Let's do it. Two things very quickly. If you are in need of prayer, of anything in your life, we would love to pray with you. I want this to be a praying house. And one of the ways we build community is by praying for each other. So come on up here to the altar if we can pray with you. Number two, before you just run out of this building, make sure you see someone. Smile at them, greet them, find out what their name is. Take three minutes, trade stories. Like Sidron said, you might find a friend familiar face. You come in here all the time. Uh, Let's not come in here as individuals and strangers. Let's come in here as a family of believers. Amen. All right, let me bless you as we're sent out into the world. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, may the Lord bless you today. May the Lord rest on you. May the Lord reveal his love and his goodness to you. May the Lord's favor surround you like a shield May the Lord himself be the glory and the lifter of your head. May the Lord go before you and make crooked places straight. This week, bring every high place low. Open up doors of opportunity and favor for you. May the Lord cause the light of God in you to shine bright. That opportunities to be a witness may abound before you today. And I pray it today in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. God bless you, Midtown. Love you so much.